On today's episode, we make false memories, we go for a spin, and your kids are probably awful. All that and more coming up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of our science. I am joined today by Ian Black. Yo, what's up? And Katie Ellsworth. Hi. Yeah, follow that up. <laughs> I was I was really close to being like, yo, what's cracking? What up, home dogs? What is crack-a-lacking? Uh, I derailed this so fast. I'm so happy. I have no idea whether I've recorded the intro or not. Genuinely. You haven't. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of our science. I'm your host, Alan Collier, and I'm joined by Ian Black. Yo, what's up? All right. (laughs) Our first article today comes from the Association for Psychological Science and the University College of Cork. Fake news can lead people to form false memories after they see fabricated news stories especially if those stories align with their political beliefs, suggests a new study, which indicates how voters may be influenced in upcoming political contests like the 2020 U.S. presidential race. Well, I mean, like, yeah, that's a whole thing where your brain is notoriously unreliable and you can have tons of different types of false memories. I think it's interesting that fake news is now shown as a source of it, but that's not surprising. Well, what what I like about it is that it's, it's not only that people are remembering a fake news story, they're remembering facts about the fake news story that weren't relayed in the fake news story. Like they're really? making up. Yeah. It says in this article, they're making up additional stuff and saying like, yeah, I remember seeing another story very much like talking about the same thing in a different paper, like covering, covering this exact same story. It's like, but we just made that story up. How is that possible? And they'll add new pieces of information, like more precise yeah. information than the actual article. They're like, oh yeah, I remember him saying that it was like 80,000, whatever. This, this makes total sense to me because, uh, we can't really distinguish memories that we've like you, you think you make something up in your head and unless it's completely outlandish, you still remember it the same way you remember something you actually saw. Like I've had plenty of times where I can't re- like, I'll think of something. I'll be like, wait, did that, was that a real thing that happened? Was that a dream? Was that, so, so this oh, makes yeah, sense the dream to me. Thing happens to me all the time. Like if I have realistic dreams, I'll wake up and I'm like, I have genuinely no idea if I had that conversation in real life or not. I will, exactly. I will dream something and think like, oh, this is absolutely happening in real life, 100%. And then as soon as I wake up, I'm like, no, no 100% not. I was not just riding a dolphin. Normally, I read articles like this, and I think we all sort of naturally envision ourselves not doing the stupid thing they're finding other people are doing. <laughs> I 100% see myself doing this. Like, I would absolutely oh, yeah. be caught doing this. Especially if it yeah. already jives with my, my current belief yeah. system and I read a false news report that's like, this this makes sense to what I already believe. No, I just, I'm just literally, since we just talked about this, I just remembered that I had a thing like that that happened where like, I want to say eight or so years ago, there was an April Fool's post that got put out that was something that I so badly wanted to be real that I genuinely didn't realize it was a, a thing and I like definitely perpetuated that false information for a while because that was they were like we've invented a vaccine for cat allergies and i was like oh my god (laughs) i can stop being deathly allergic to shit and so i told everybody about it and then recently found out that i was completely and utterly wrong (laughs) yeah brains are surprisingly bad at being brains and well it's because it's confirmation bias stuff too right we want we want to know things and remember things that support the things we already believe. Yeah. And, and I mean, this could be, a, this is outdated. This, this study that I'm 
we're thinking of right now because I heard about it in undergrad. So it was like five years ago. Ian's or old. Six years ago, or no, it's longer than it's like nine years ago. Ian's oh my god, even ancient. older than he thought he was. Um, but it, basically, it was saying that people like the certain. I was reminded of it. The certainty that you have in the accuracy of a memory is not connected in any way, shape, or form to whether or not the memory is accurate. So how confident you are that you remember something correctly doesn't actually impact whether or not you remember it correctly. Yeah, it doesn't reflect on whether or not yeah. you actually... And this is why eyewitness testimonies are not usually considered all that great for things like crime and in court cases. Because people will say, I sadly, 100% remember this person doing this, and that's based on nothing. Like That confidence is meaningless. But this also uh, terrifies me because um, it's all about the news and i've all my research has been about how influential or how influenced people are by news reports especially ones that are not partisan yeah and especially nowadays where everybody i mean that's the thing with the internet right everyone gets a voice which is good except now everyone gets a voice and can we touch on the cognitive thing so part of this paper talks about how they look they got everyone to do a cognitive test and they found that um, participants who scored lower on the cognitive test were more prone to forming false memories than people who had higher scores. Um, but low scores were more likely to remember false stories that aligned with their opinions. So basically, if you score low on a cognitive test, you're more likely to um, form false memories and uh, remember false stories that align with your opinions than if you score higher on a cognitive test. What is what is a cognitive test exactly like what is that measuring i'm curious i would say it's kind of similar to like an iq test probably which are famously not great at actually measuring well IQ, yeah. tests, I, iq tests are not are not good because they don't actually measure someone's like concrete intelligence as well as they say it would but a, a cognitive test is just looking at your cognitive ability cognition yeah yeah which which I feel like is what is actually being tested by IQ tests. I think you're right. Cause yeah. I, I didn't, I did a cognitive test before doing like just a quick one and it was very math oriented and like structure of words oriented and stuff like that. It was very structural. I think it's like logical, uh, yeah. Like logical. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Cognition. What's Reasoning, this? logical. La- yeah, uh, the ability to re- logically reason things out, and I feel like okay, okay, that yeah. I guess that kind of makes sense with what they're looking at, and it's also I think like critical reasoning skills, like critical analysis. Intelligence is a very difficult thing to measure because it's very, like it's not yeah, just, but they're not I measuring just, intelligence exactly, and it's not like no, it's a number. Right? I just think I just I just think it might have been a better tack rather than to do the cognitive test to look at like what are the like uh not analytics but the the like male versus female uh socioeconomic status um i would assume that they would have done some demographic com- comparisons like demographic that. that's the word i'm looking for thank you katie killing yes, it i had a whole section of that in my research recently and it was terrible i hated it that's the spirit they didn't find any connection between like which sort of side of an issue you were on and if you created false memories yeah, it seems to it seems to see both sides. It's both sides. Yeah, it's it's bipartisan false memories. So we're all awful. Yeah, pretty much. I, I like... mean, that is actually something like it's not like oh, look at these silly people making false memories. No, like I said, I would absolutely do this. I would be caught doing yeah. this. Yeah, me too. They do say that 
uh, they did give explicit warning that some of the news articles they were shown could be fake. Yes, actually, that is that is an interesting thing to talk about. Um, even when people like knew they were fake, they stood by their fake. Or that their they might memories. be fake. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they said yeah. here is a fake news. Many participants failed to reconsider their memory even after learning that some of the information could be fictitious. Which is like even even when you kind of know that something here isn't right. So that's interesting because that indicates that potentially if you're told something is fake after the fact, it's already too yeah, late. Yeah, once your brain has decided that something is right, it's actually very difficult to make it feel like it's not right. Well, that ties, yeah, so that like, ties into need... um, that myth-busting lecture that we did where you're not supposed to repeat the myth when trying to uh, correct exactly. misconceptions because repeating the myth just reinforces the the concept. Also, I don't like, I don't think this so, is necessarily based yeah. on anything. I thought I read this somewhere, but I don't remember where. That your brain tries to defend itself, so it it really doesn't like being wrong. Being wrong is like bad for it, so it really tries to defend whatever framework it has created for itself. That was the same, yeah, same same lecture thing that we did. But yeah, once your brain has created a framework for itself, it will defend that framework with everything it's got. So assume Pretty you know much. nothing, and then it's way easier to change your mind. <laughs> assume. I I want to I want to live talk or, or on record talk about the uh, lady in the tramp trailer because that still got me a little put off. Okay. Also, are they making a live action Corella Deville movie? You mean like 101 Dalmatians or specifically Corella Deville? I, like 101 Dalmatians. Imagine naming your kid Cruella. Deville. Yeah, you're pretty much setting them up for. Well, I, think De- I assume Deville is you don't have a choice on, but yeah, if you name a kid Cruella, that's just that's gonna be bad. Yes. Oh my God, her name is Cruel Devil. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I never even picked up on that. Oh my God. Good job. What a crappy childhood she had. I mean, you gotta have some sympathy. I think that's on the parents. I mean, like to be fair, you don't know that she didn't adopt that name once she found her calling in life. That's true. I guess. We have no evidence that she was actually born with that. You know what? 20 years from now, when Disney's run out of ideas even more than they already have, I'm sure we'll get that backstory. (laughs) But I'm saying they're making a live action thing. I think it might be just Cruella DeVille, actually. Like, kind of like in the vein of uh, Maleficent. um, Maleficent. Hmm. But I'm like, they they did a live action 101 Dalmatians movie. They did. Did did they? Yes. Yeah, they did two. They They did two. 101 and like 102 Dalmatians. Well, that yes. makes sense. I vaguely remember, yeah. I have childhood memories of puppies being almost baked into a cake. Who bakes puppies into a cake when there's Some... perfectly good pies available? Must have been nice to have them almost baked into a cake. We don't put, we put meat in cakes. <laughs> meat pies. Yeah, that's a meat. pie. That's true. Meat cake. Cake. Is that isn't, just meatloaf? Basically, isn't, isn't meatloaf just a meat cake? Yeah, that's what I was just kind thinking. <laughs> isn't lasagna just a cake but with pasta? When someone Just because it has layers, it's made a cake, I don't think. Everything's everything's cake if you try hard enough. Don't know that that's true. <laughs> don't, don't know that that's accurate. Our second article of the week comes from the University of Sussex. Europe has the capacity to produce more than 100 times the amount of energy it currently produces through onshore wind farms. The new study reveals that Europe has the potential to supply enough energy for the whole world until 2050. Now, it's worth pointing out that in this article they say, obviously we're not saying we should install turbines in all the identified sites. So this is not like a blueprint. They even say this is not a blueprint for development. This is just saying, you could do this. This is the potential that you have. 
do with that information. Well, I mean, like, it's the same thing as, like, if you filled the Sahara Desert with solar panels. Yeah. Yes, like, a little bit, yes. But I think what it says is the potential, right? Like, I think a lot of people look at things like solar and wind as, as incapable of actually supplying the power needed. It is definitely capable. It's just a matter of, you know, actually figuring out the most efficient way of doing it. Well, it says this just the horizon is bright for onshore wind sector, which onshore wind, does that mean... And that means not in the water because there's a lot of offshore wind farms. Yeah. Right. Okay. I wanted to clarify yes. that. Yeah. yeah. That means so on land. So this is this is just on land in Europe. This isn't even talking about in the water. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. This is just on land. Okay. So that's so, even. This, yeah. It's so even this, dope. It's even like doper than, the than what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eleven million additional wind turbines could theoretically be that installed. That is the thing. <laughs> over almost 5 million square kilometers. Yeah. See, yes, which, is, which yeah, isn't what that much. Gets, it's yeah. like two wind turbines every square kilometer. True. Two and, a, and and like a part of one, a small part of one. Well, the problem with wind turbines and solar energy has not been the the lack of ability of them to generate electricity. It's storage yeah. and then moving that energy. Mm-hmm. Where other forms of electricity generation can kind of be controlled, so you get the energy when you need exactly. it. Wind is like if it's windy, it's windy, yeah. and so it's the technology of wind turbines are. I and I'm, I'm not I'm not a wind turbine maker, but I think they're just about as good as you're going to get. It's really it's, the trick is the batteries. batteries. Yeah, it's the batteries that need to be mm-hmm. improved. But even this is still saying like you can still do it. You could and, and with current technology, that's what they're saying, right? Is that with the current technology, yeah. you can do it. It does. It, it. They even acknowledge that uh, this is assuming that the technology isn't going to get better in any way, shape, or form, which is unrealistic. Not not accurate because it's it's currently trending upwards, as I recall, mm-hmm. in terms of getting better. Yeah, almost like so is solar. Yeah. like all these technologies, these new technologies are going to get better. Do you think? And better. Do you think at some point, coming to that back to that battery point, do you think we'll just reach a point where it's like, why don't we just install so many of them? Like, and you just have access to so many wind turbines and so many solar power and so much geothermal that, like, there's just never, it's statistically impossible for there to be a moment where you need power and there isn't a source that is able to provide that power at some point. So then you wouldn't need to store it? You wouldn't need to store it. It's just always, like, there's always something that can be routed to, do you think that we might reach a point like that? Or is that infeasible? I have no idea. What do you do with excess power then? Is it just, like... It just gets lost as heat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but as heat, do we want that? Well, I mean, we'll we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. Well, heat's not the problem. It's 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 carbon dioxide reflecting sun back into the. If you're thinking global warming, yeah, what is what is TW? Terra- terawatts. Watts? Yeah, I would assume. Okay, because I I really like this part here. It's totally wicked. Capacity would uh so the installed nameplate capacity would. Wait, hold on, let me read the whole thing. The study reveals that if all of Europe's capacity for onshore wind farms was realized, the installed nameplate capacity would... There's, they're missing the word B. Would be... Yeah, okay, good. I was like, this doesn't... <laughs> yes, not yes, you're your right. Mind. I didn't even notice a, that. Would be, okay. would be 52.5 terawatts, equivalent to one millo, megawatt? Me- megawatt? Megawatt. For every 16 European cities, which is great. Not cities. Not I, citizens. 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 Citizens, sorry. 16 Waiting European citizens. rainbow. <laughs> Which is great if I knew anything about yeah. terawatts and megawatts. And maybe I'm just ignorant in this field, but like... 
if you are, then I am because I, that meant nothing. Uh, this to me. means nothing. Yeah, exactly. This absolutely is, nothing. is a megawatt much... enough to power a house for sixteen European citizens? Maybe I don't know. It didn't seem like it. Yeah, maybe. I have no idea. That's that's poor. That is poor writing on whoever did this press release. No, I mean it's 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 fine. Like he's he's telling us he's telling us the actual numbers, but I, it would have been nice to have included here just a bit that's like context. In, you know, to put that in perspective, that's. Yep. You know, powering a single house, running all appliances, all for twenty four hours. You know, yeah. How much? Needs how much this many megawatts? Take, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, or or you know, is this is this enough to power like my house for a day, or is this enough to power just my microwave? Like, I I would like to know. Kind of, and this doesn't give that, and and I think that's something that's missing here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was just one of my major. Well, this, and this is also just Europe. Yes. Yeah, because because to be a global energy man, there's more there's more to the world than Europe. What? Actually. Wait, what? Significant. There's significantly. Oh more. yeah, the, the states, right? There's East <laughs> Europe, West Europe, North, <laughs> South Europe. There's there's the United States, and then there's Canada. The United States is hat. Yes, we are the good. So Canada's the good child of Europe. Yeah, so they'll they'll shunt some of their extra energy airway. Yes, across England the ocean. England and France had two kids. Uh, U.S. was the rebellious one that. Rode motorcycles and dumped teas in the harbors, and the Canada was the good child who gave them fur. And then Australia is where they sent all the weird kids. Australia was the prison colony, <laughs> and then and now they're super chill. So yeah, I was gonna say that's where they. We should just do that, but with Mars. What? Send all the prisoners there. <laughs> send the criminals to yeah, Mars. Yeah, it worked with Australia. What's the worst that happens? Um, they die. They do terrible, terrible things to the indigenous population. <laughs> of Mars? Have you haven't you watched Futurama? Yeah, but I'm not using it as like a historical <laughs> guideline. No, it's a future guideline. And that was your first mistake. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I mean, suicide booths are absolutely going to be Yes. <laughs> million dollar idea right there. Um, yeah, so wind turbines, they're weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people have a lot of issues with them. That's the other thing that I think is like the biggest block right now for, for wind energy is that there's a lot of people who protest against them there because are. there's... Uh, on On what grounds? Uh, well, there, there was a study of some sort, I can't, don't quote me on this, but I know that there was some sort of research done that implied that the noise created by wind turbines, despite being out of the range of normal human hearing, could cause illness or negative effects in people living near them. Yes, so I actually do know a little bit about this. We've, we've hit one of my niche topics. Yay! Woo! Um, it's called infrasound. And it's really... Infrasound's super cool. Oh, Infrasound is so cool. And I no longer Sorry, feel special. Continue going. Well, Keep going. Well, oh, Alan. This is I you. know what infrasound is, but I don't know much about it in the context of wind turbines. Hello, darkness, you? my old friend. <laughs> I know oh. it, I know it, how it relates to seeing ghosts. Well, it's like... Go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it causes... It causes... Uh, it, or it can cause... Um, I could be wrong about this, but I'm. Nope. But it, it, You've committed now. I'm pretty sure it can cause it can cause uh, like vibrations in your eye. Okay. And it causes oh, you to see things that aren't there. It huh. cause people. And then and then people who, if you're in an area that's like this area is haunted, it's haunted by this you know old lady who, and so your brain puts it. It's like how you know when you see floaters. There's records of people seeing floaters in your eye, the little squiggly oh. lines in your eye. Mm-hmm. There are records of people who have a have a floater in their eye that takes enough of a, a shape that their brain actually processes it as a thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Anyways, I Googled it. It's called wind turbine syndrome, and it has I, been classified okay. as pseudoscience. So now now we all know what Alan knows oh. before Alan got to share it. <laughs> I know so little. Give me this, <laughs> Our third and final paper of the day comes from the New Scientist and the Heidelberg University in Germany. Having kids makes you happier, but only when they move out, according to a new study, which suggests that parents are happier than non-parents later in life when their children move out and become sources of social enjoyment rather than stress. <laughs> what? Kids are sources of stress? You take that back. Yeah, well, this... Sorry, I'm going to just say that this is not enough to convince me that having children is worth it. I do not think I would make it through those years of stress. I love the picture they have on the article of two loud girls and the parents just holding their heads in pain. Yeah. Yeah, one, one of the girls is just yelling. Yeah, just straight up yelling. That's what but kids do. she's just do. looking at her mom. I don't know if... She's not... You can tell from the face that she's not saying anything. She's not angry. She's just like, just doing yeah. a scream. She's like, uh, just, yeah. And the mom, and the mom's looking at the dad like, "You did this to me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, "I know. I'm so and sorry." Then the, but the other kids, the other kids, perfectly well behaved. She's got her, she's got her hands over her eyes. She looks just as stressed out as the parents do, honestly. Yeah, she look. Yeah, it really looks like this. This picture is really selling that this one kid is terrible. Yeah, pretty much. And everyone in the picture, everyone else in the family is suffering. This is the parents looking at each other, wondering where it all went wrong, and the younger daughter going yeah. like, "Told you, you should have had condoms." Uh. Yeah. Why does, the, why does the? Why does the? Why does she have a, like a face mask? Sleep mask? mask. Yeah, I don't know. I also like that the bowl the younger sister has just says breakfast on the room to tell you what you're eating. Yeah, it does. Mm, this bowl is for breakfast and, only. And who's? orange juice is this glass that's really far away from everybody <laughs> it's like right in front of the camera but it's also empty plates and then two croissants yeah i want the, these croissants look they good, do look though. good with croissants they do also their salt and pepper shakers is... are very empty yes i also noticed that that's I, fine. I, i'm not gonna lie i i do like this dinnerware set the ones that say breakfast the, on the coffee it, mugs like are the... kind of zany I like the breakfast. I like the breakfast around the room because sometimes I need to know, you know, what meal is this? But then what or if it was like the it only gives you the opportunity to be rebellious by using it to eat something that isn't breakfast. No, because I would. Exactly. Thank you, Katie. Exactly what I'm saying. No, no, no. I wouldn't be able to do that because I think <laughs> this bowl is specifically designed for breakfast. There must be something about it that like amplifies breakfast, but not other meals. So, <laughs> so that what you're saying like is that I, this so no, what Alan is saying is that if I got this bowl, I would only eat other things in it if Alan was nearby, so that he could see me eating lunch out of the breakfast I bowl, don't care and he would go like, your lunch. "What are you? What are you doing?" No, it would bother you. It would. It would really bother you, wouldn't it? I don't think as much as you think it would. I would. Mm, I would okay. definitely point it out. Yeah. But if it was me, well, it would... okay. But then I would also throw the the bowl at you and it would get all over you and that would probably yes, annoy that you would annoy me. yeah That's but not if you were true. using it for your craft dinner because, because we know you would be acting like dinner. a child i would i would never i would never throw a bowl of craft dinner unless it was like whole wheat craft dinner whole wheat craft dinner is sawdust and pasta form <laughs> it is it's so bad it's actually amazing how they got so much sand into the into the pasta it's not the same it's like why isn't all pasta whole wheat Oh, it's this. This is why. It's the sawdust. Okay. This is why. I figured it out. Cause like, and it's weird because you eat regular whole wheat pasta and you're like, this isn't this isn't bad. Like, it's not terrible. I don't find No, it's still not as good as like. But then you have whole wheat craft dinner and it's like, how? How? how but how is whole wheat craft dinner so much worse I, than I whole wheat pasta? I don't, I don't know. have it's, answers for you. 
it's amazing. It's 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 an enigma. It's a mystery. Um, so we have talked absolutely not at all about the paper so far. And it's no. and it's somewhat distinct from this paper. Yeah. Um, so something that jumps out at me at this paper, which kind of is a bit of a correlational thing, is they talk about how like people who don't have kids like have a certain amount of stress. People who have kids have a higher amount of stress on average. Mm-hmm. And then when their kids go away, their amount of stress is recorded as being lower than the people who don't have kids and are just maintaining right. this kind of middle ground. Yeah. But is that because, because they reason it, it's because of, um, you know, the kids have left home, their relationship changes, and now they're more of a support system. Um, or is it just like the parents, the kids leave, and now the parents know what they've been like missing and they appreciate yes. not having kids around even <laughs> more that's Maybe. exactly what i was going to bring up was that and yeah. so and so like the 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 people that didn't have kids to begin with are just taking it for granted yes and so they're raising their stress level because they're like they don't realize how much worse it could be <laughs> yeah. and the people that people had kids are like people who don't have kids are just so used to being happy and peaceful that they just take yeah they're just numb to it they're, yeah yeah they're yeah. just they take the happiness and the no no stress for granted. Yeah, so this is another reason why I'm not going to have children. Weird. This is not a pro child podcast. No, it really is, and it I really should isn't. I shouldn't be sorry. Like, I'm just throwing that out as an idea. Like what they're saying could be 100 percent accurate, mm-hmm. but like it did occur to me that well maybe it's just like because it's it's all done on it's all done on a like survey, right? Yeah, and so it's, it's, so maybe the sample size of like fifty five thousand. Yeah. yeah, so maybe the people who had kids just are now like, oh, I, I know how much more stressful my life could be. I'm not, I'm like, I'm going, I'm going extra in the opposite unstressed direction now that they're gone. I mean, it can also just be a, like a compensation thing where they're like, I put so much effort into these children and now they're gone and I just, I have to, I have to be happy about it or else it'll be worth nothing. Well, they're all, there is like, I think there are benefits to having children that are then off on their own doing their own thing like there's there's social benefits of i get to now talk about how great my kids are there's like somebody to do something with there's also now there's someone to look after you when you get old but like think about i think about it this way if i were to go on a vacation with a a two-year-old okay right that sounds like a terrible idea yeah kid kid grows up goes away to college i go on the same vacation the same place I'm going to be so much more, you know, sweating so much less, like fewer things. Cause I'm going to be going like, Oh, this was so much more difficult with a two year old. All this, all these small problems aren't really problem. Like they're so easy to solve without this two year old crying all the time. Whereas if I didn't have a kid to begin with all those small problems, you're gonna be like, Oh, this is so annoying. I have all these small problems, but I've got nothing to compare it to. That was worse. I'm not saying that's what would necessarily happen. I'm just saying that like that could be, it's a possibility be. for sure. Moving on from that concept um i want to talk about the parents providing social enrichment or children providing social enrichment to their parents yeah that they they stress this they stress that they become sources of the kids become sources of social enjoyment yeah which to me is like hit or miss as far as i've seen from some of my friends parents i mean like i feel like i i've been told multiple times that it's weird that i would consider my parents my friends like, really? Who says that? Multiple people have told me. They're like, wow, it's so weird that you like hang out with your friends and call like your parents and like like friends. Like my brother and I and my parents like we'll hang out, we'll play games, we'll get somewhat drunk and just be shenanigans at camp and 
I I would consider that like a friendship thing. But sure. like, even Sarah actually told me that she thought it was weird huh. that I hang out with my friends, like my parents as a friends type situation. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call my parents friends, but I would certainly say that our relationship has changed since I moved away to undergrad and finished undergrad. And it's become a lot less like they've become a lot less, you know, parental. Like yeah. They're not trying to oversee everything and, and they've given me a lot more space, but there's they still, you know, like my mom still texts me every Friday as my mom and being like, you know, hey, just checking up on you because she still has that. Like, I wouldn't say it's the same relationship I have with my friends. No, no I'm not saying that. Say, I'm not saying that my I parents say, and I have the same relationship as I would with my friends. They're still my parents, but I would still at the yeah. same time consider my parents friends of mine. I, I do agree with you, however, in saying that, like. Yeah, me and my parents totally would get like hang out and play board games now. Mm hmm. But this also speaks to the point that there's not like a universal child. And there's no universal relationship. No. Yeah. And that is all the time we have for this episode. We want to thank you all for listening. This is the final of our first four episodes that are all released at once. So now you will have to wait for the 16th for the next episode, September 16th. So check out our social media at rsciencepod on Twitter. That's O-U-R sciencepod on Twitter to keep up with release schedules and any new information. Our science is associated with science everywhere. Check them out online at scienceeverywhere.com and at Where is Science on Instagram and Twitter.